0: To time at the bar with myself, Florian Hodgkinson, and Marianne Hodgkinson. So there you go, that was a friendly old intro, wasn't it? Ew. Let's crack open a beer bottle so, over there. Beautiful.
1: Uh, last time you were with us, dear listener, we were discussing alcohol free beer and the temperance movement. Well, guess what? We've got more alcohol free beer for you.
0: Here Woo-hoo! we go. Party alcohol-free time. Alcohol free beer all round.
1: Without the headache. This time, however, we won't be doing massive amount of history no. we're going to discuss how alcohol-free beer is made
0: yeah i think in a very very brief uh, way because uh, <laughs> i don't know if it's i mean it, it's of interest but i think obviously the going into the the real technicals of it i don't think is particularly interesting yeah. to most people um, i just think
1: i'm sure a lot of our listeners would have questions about how like whether it's made uh completely alcohol-free uh, unfermented, no yeast introduced, or whether it's made alcoholic and has the alcohol taken away from yeah. it.
0: Well, so and that's what we'll talk about and we just, we'll keep it, we'll try and keep it short and, uh, and sharp, but then I'm involved and so it does tend to become a flabby bag of long-winded <laughs> tricks.
1: Oh, don't worry, I can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: edit out the That's what flag. normally happens.
1: Um, so, we're also going to do a few more of the alcohol-free beers that we picked for the original episode. Yes. Um, these are ones that we think are a bit more of a diverse range of styles yeah. compared to the ones we did for the other episode, because they were mainly lagers, weren't they?
0: Lagers and pales. And yeah, think, yeah. I think we just wanted to highlight sort of the sort of you know, that end of the scale, the the beers that people session on these days. You know, pale ales and lagers. And so this is now a bit more of a variety of what you can get. Uh, and and therefore, what you can get as somebody who doesn't, you know, is not drinking alcohol either through driving or whatever, you know, choice reasons that you might have. So here's some other great options for you to have that will diversify your, uh, you know, your 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 ability to enjoy your a few drinks.
1: Yep, excellent.
0: So first up is the world famous Polana. Paulana. So we've talked about them in various other episodes oh, about yes. lager and such.
1: Big fan of their lagers.
0: And one thing they are very famous for is their Weiss beer. Um, yes. And I think they are the number one selling Weiss beer brand in Germany. Really? Yeah.
1: Not Stefana?
0: No, I, th- I believe, and I might get corrected on this at a later date. Someone will get on yeah, online please and tell me, you, email you flipping us. idiot. Get what annoyed. Do you know? <laughs> The thing is, I, I read lots of things, bits of information go, and sometimes they, they're malnourished bits of information in my, in my, in my brain mind. <laughs> and, uh, and so they, they change and devolve and deform. So uh, hopefully we'll either hear that's correct or not correct from people. But I believe they're the number one brand in Germany for Weissbeer. What we've got here is the Weissbeer non-alcoholic, 0.0% alcohol. Um, and so I think we'll just get straight into tasting this, see what we've uh, got to say about it. I keep looking for the alcohol percentage. I know. 0.0%. 0. It- 0. And that's, a, oh yeah, no, it's 0.0. Yeah, we're doing
1: alcohol-free again, so they're always going to be below 0.5%. Mm.
0: So uh, as a little caveat, and I'll say we didn't talk about vice beer in the previous episode at all. And that's because normally we've both said if you're going to have an alcohol-free beer, a lot of the most reliable ones for mouthfeel and enjoyment has been the vice beers, actually. Um Uh, So we didn't talk about it in the previous, and we are in this. But funny enough, I've misremembered this beer. I haven't had it for a while, and I remember it being sort of like the most beer-like in its qualities. Whilst actually, I'm thinking, yeah, no, it's 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 smells and tastes sort of good. But I'm spotting a little fault in there that Mm. you do tend to uh, get with um, with alcohol-free beers. So I get. (laughs) sort of a Heinz tomato soup. Yes,
1: that's it. I was trying to work it out. I couldn't put my finger on it and I was thinking it's quite sweet, but it is a vegetal, it's yep. a vegetable sweet and it is, it's Heinz tomato soup. You're right. Ah, so
0: to me, that's that's going to be stewed through the process that they've, the, the approach they've taken. We'll talk about those in a minute, but yeah. a bit of a stewing going on and some, maybe some DMS in there as well, giving that sort of sweeter, sort of tomatoy, corny sort of um, aroma in there. So the mouthfeel is a lot a lot better than some that we've talked about, where they can be very thin and they're just very watery. So you do have the benefit of the vice. The That's wheat nice, in there, just giving it a little bit there's more. There's a nice
1: herbaceous note mm. to it. It's like... Um, but it's
0: still that sweet...
1: Very sweet.
0: Candied corn, sort of something going on. And this
1: is the problem I've always hit with these vice beers, as the alcohol-free vice beers, is that although they are more uh, akin to the alcohol, alcoholic version... Yeah. They're too sweet, mm. and it it fills you up a bit too much, well, I, mean, I think.
0: It smells like, we're not giving out loads of brands here, but Heinz tomato soup is definitely there on the nose, and in the palette I'm getting wheatabix with, with honey or sugar on it. Oh, so. my
1: goodness, you're right. So, uh, mm.
0: interesting to have, you know, a nice savoury lunch in <laughs> the aroma, and then a very... Um, Sweet breakfast and in in, yeah. in the palate
1: and the flavour. <laughs> and the thing is, both of those things are very appealing as food, and I don't find them unappealing in this. I'm in not, other beers, I'd be put off.
0: DMS and stewed like tomatoy magic doesn't. I I normally find it quite unpleasant. And I'm not saying my because your palate and the way that you you when you drink beer regularly, and if you're you know really into, into it, you sort of go well these are these are off flavours. You know, you learn them as off flavours, and you start to have an appreciation of what you don't want to smell and what you do want to smell. And so your instant thing is, that's an off flavour, what's going on. Um, And when we say off flavours, we mean uh, things that sort of diminish the quality of the beer, so they they shouldn't, uh, we'd normally say they shouldn't be there. A lot of them are there by nature, so some, some compounds that give you some really sweet sort of flavours, buttery flavours, or these things that we talk about like DMS, dimethyl sulfide, which is sort of sweet corn and, you know, green giant is what Americans often say. And those things can be, they can really detract from, from a beer, but they don't also necessarily mean that they are a non-starter. We've said we might do an episode on what are called off flavours and whether, whether they are appropriate at times or completely inappropriate.
1: Yeah. And the thing is now you've said home, so I can't get it <laughs>
0: you can't my, I escape it can you? <laughs> i'm trying to
1: find something else it is more like brown bread i yeah, think there's
0: but brown there's definitely brown bread and you know like brown bread almost like slightly toasted rye mm-hmm. bread underneath it as well so it's quite interesting um i sort of like it and sort of because of that all instant thing of like these are all flavors and aromas i don't want in my beer i also have a problem with it, which is why I say I misremembered it, because I was sure that it was always one of my, you know, if I'm going to have an alcohol-free beer, I'd go to the Vice Beer and I'd probably go to Palana.
1: I think um, that um, this is a top hangover cure. <laughs> when you've overdone it at the beer <clears> festival <throat> the night before, um, this is a great one to have.
0: Having said that, though, some people struggle with the Vice Beer on a hangover, mm. and when it's got then things like DMS and... It could also make Yeah, you go, if you're feeling Hang a bit a second, sensitive that... in the stomach Whoa, the next well, morning. Well, that is definitely doing some crazy things right now.
1: But I suppose that the sugar content would be a great way of quickly lifting your insulin levels when you're uh, oh, yeah. you know, when you've got the shakes the next morning. No, you wouldn't know because you don't get hangovers.
0: <laughs> well maybe not in the normal way, but <laughs> mm. anyway, so that's um that's the Hefeweizen at 0.0% alcohol from Parlana. So I don't know whether we're saying that we love or loathe that. I mean, I've always thought I quite enjoyed this I'd one. I'd
1: say it's a trustworthy option. Yeah. If you spot it and you don't find... If you're driving or and you want to have a beer with everybody else, you could take this one quite slowly. Mm. Whereas I think some of the other ones we were trying in the previous episode, they went a bit too quickly. You could have sunk a few of them and then gone, oh, actually, I'm not... I'm not keeping up pace for pace with everybody else. Yep. This one's not, it's not appealing in the mm. same way as a for, for a session. Whereas this one is, I think you could, you could linger on this one for yep. a little while and enjoy the experience.
0: Yeah. And I think obviously having said that it all does depend whether you can get past the sort of notion that those are off flavors in beer. Um, I'm, I'm sort of like caught somewhere in between right now of quite enjoying it and giving in to trying my sugary Weetabix with a, a tomato ketchup sort of nose, you know.
1: I, I love both of those things. So actually, I'm, I'm enjoying this more than I remember enjoying it.
0: But there we go. So that's an interesting one to start with. Yeah. Powering through these uh non-alcoholic beers now. On to the next one. Done, done. And we're on to the Ooh, next I one. Oh, I like
1: the clarity on this one. The colour's really nice.
0: It's looking luscious, that.
1: So this one is Thornbridge.
0: Zero five. Zero five. Zero point five percent. So low alcohol pale ale. Mm. So yes, let's have a go on that. So this now, I think we'll talk about it after I've started cracking into some of this yeah. formation.
1: Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about the processes involved in making alcohol-free beer.
0: So I don't claim to be any master on this. I know how to make alcohol in abundance. (laughs) Various different, differing levels and volumes. Um, So not making alcohol or extracting alcohol is not my uh, area of expertise, but with uh, a certain amount of knowledge on it, and then we're just, just having a quick check over some of the different beers that we've got and the ways in which they are produced. I've got a little bit of information for you on those different styles and approaches. So first off, it's important to highlight that there are several different methods of doing it. Um, one is to produce alcohol and then to remove it. And I'll probably start with that sort of point. So the first is effectively like a, a, sort of like an opposite of distillation, although it is distillation. And when I say opposite, instead of wanting to acquire the stronger alcohols as you keep sort of concentrating down, you're going for the other way. Keep taking that alcohol away. And you're left with you know, so your water, so it's a, it's a form of vacuum evaporation. So you know you're basically steaming that off, and where it goes, and you're doing that under under pressure. So that's um, <clears throat> so that's the vacuum evaporation process, uh, and and that's basically works and relies upon the fact that alcohol is more volatile than water. Right. So the alcohol will evaporate.
1: Of course, faster. Faster,
0: and so that's why again under vacuum, it's obviously that that volatility, and it. So
1: you've almost got like uh you know if you're evaporating it the alcohol will collect in one side of a mm-hmm. vessel you've got the, and then you've got the non-alcoholic part like all the other products in that uh, beverage yep. have collected in another section yeah so you
0: you'll lose certain things that maybe are bonded to the alcohol as well so yes. you'll lose certain flavor components and compounds and, and stuff And could but that
1: also uh, expose more faults in a in flavour.
0: I, well yeah i reckon it it would do um because again anything that's been created is obviously uh, bits are going to be left behind and things you know and, uh, and and one of the things that we think about we rely upon as again as brewers is with the production of alcohol is is partially mouthfeel that like alcohol itself ethanol gives gives texture gives depth of mouthfeel and coating of the, the palate um, and obviously the less and less alcohol you have in something the more and more like water it is so the closer to water it gets and the less of the various different minerals and uh, compounds that are in there, the thinner it's going to be, which is why we say, you know, it's difficult to keep that. One of the main things you lose straight away when you're making zero or low alcohol beer is that sort of mouthfeel and that sharpness of flavour. So, you know, it's like when we talked about the Yeva Fun, which you had know, perfectly pleasant, but I don't think either of us were completely sold, as soon as you lose in the alcohol, that bitterness is just at the forefront. And then you've basically got bitter carbonated water yeah. with other aromas and flavours that don't necessarily feel like they're melded together as a, as a unified, um, you know, sort of product. So that, you know, there, all of these processes have their foibles and their sort of uh, little downfalls, but, you know, there are some that seem to work better than others. So next one would be a process of reverse osmosis. And so to explain that in a sort of relatively basic way, you're sort of pushing the beer under pressure, um, sort of like forcing it through a filter. And so with those various comp- flavour compounds um, and a series of complex carbohydrates involved in that as well, um, and so they're, they're being left or retained by the filter, they get left behind. So you, you're keeping those things back and so as you're pushing through, you end up with this very syrupy mass, um, like, which has got to be added back later on. So you end up with this big, syrupy, gloopy thing that's being left in the filter along, alongside all the other carbohydrates and flavour compounds that we're talking about. Um, so on the other side, you're left with, like, so this is post-filtration, you've, you've got um, a solution of, of acids um, and water and alcohol. So this solution is then distilled to remove the alcohol. So you're back to that same sort of, you know, distilling process again. But obviously you've already left behind all the things that you want. So you've retained those flavour compounds and the sort of, you know, the complex of different sugars that are going to give mouthfeel. And, you know, those are the important things that we like in our beer as well as a massive part of it. And so they're going to be added back later. So once you've distilled the alcohol off, you're then left with the water and some of those acids Um, And then you can return that back to the syrupy solution with all those flavor components and compounds and carbohydrates in it. And you've basically then you've got your low alcohol product then. So that is generally that's making a low alcohol. I don't think it ever achieves zero alcohol.
1: Okay, so in, in comparison to the first, the just distillation process on its own, that combination method of the reverse osmosis and distillation yeah. m- probably gives you a more flavourful drink.
0: Yeah, I think it gives you a more complex drink that is closer to the beer that you like because it has retained its mouthfeel, those complex different compounds that give you the f- the flavour and enjoyment of drinking a beer. And that's obviously what's missing if you're just purely... Distilling Stilling off, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the beer we have in our hands right now.
1: Yes, so this one is the...
0: Yeah, as we said before, we've got the zero 05 from Thornbridge here. Now, a lot of people have said, "Is good beer. This is Z. The... A lot of people really like this, so what's your opinion?
1: I mean, straight away, it's chock full of hop character, and I think, is it Sriracha
0: Ace? I mean, that may mm. well be the case. I'm just... I mean, I just find...
1: It's actually in the flavour more than the uh, aroma.
0: Yeah, I just find I'm getting pith. Like pith. Like, big, orangey, yes. lemony. But I sort of see what you're saying, because there is a almost, like, savoury-sweet, like, coconut water sort of something about it as well. And I don't know if that's just, like, heightened um, sort of mineral aroma to it or something yeah, like it is. that. There it is a be...
1: real minerality to it. Um, but it's but very
0: snappy, isn't it? It's almost yeah. got, like, the shandy lemon bite that which you get is what in the aroma.
1: We, we'd said about... Uh, which one was it last time? Um,
0: I don't remember. I can't remember. But it one was of such the beers a big I session did. on zero alcohol beer, I lost my mind. Uh, I lost my mind, too.
1: <laughs> so busy thinking about the temperance movement. Yeah, this one, the the, the character in this is really impressive.
0: Mm. It's, but it's very, it, you know, it has it has flavour in the in the up front, but it does sort of dissip, dissipate quite quickly and leave you with a very refreshing mineral water sort of quality yeah. to it, which is, is nice. It's it's zippy, is what I'd say. It's sort of very crisp and refreshing. And I guess if it was the height of summer, you'd be thinking beautiful. You know, that's oh, yeah. that's going to fly down.
1: Perfect. But I
0: think these, so, you know, we said it's like it's amber in colour. Head retention's not unbelievable, but we're not going to be quibbling about those sort of things. Um, and it is. It's just really, really nice. There's a little sweet honey sort of malt character in there, and its I just think it's very nice, like orange peel and just ever so slightly candied orange peel sort of flavour yeah.
1: to it. and considering that it has such a distinct hop character, the bitterness that's left on the palate is a lot more pleasant than some of the other pale ales we were trying mm. before because... They definitely left a little bit too much. It wasn't balanced off nicely Mm. or cleaned up nicely. But like you say, that kind of mineral or like fresh spring water kind of quality to it has just just makes it refreshing, just makes it really clean. And yeah, you could I could really enjoy quite a few of those um, compared to the wheat one. I think that the wheat one, you might only have one or two of those. This you could I could happily session on that one all night.
0: Mm. Oh, no, it's really good. Excellent. So next up, I'm going to talk about the, um, the next process, uh, which is quite a, not a modern invention, but a, maybe a more recent discovery as to how you could make low alcohol beer while still achieving fermentation, but without distillation later on. And so this process actually relies upon a yeast strain. So we're going to get into that. But what I'd like to do is open a beer that very, very, um, very much reflects this process. So Excellent. we're going to crack into that first. That next beer that we're talking about is No Worries from Lurvig. Um, so a 0.5% alcohol again. Uh, it's an IPA. And so hazy, sort of juicier style here by the looks of things. So said about coconut water in the previous beer... So that sort of co- coconut minerality. Now, this obviously, this could be an interesting one. I've not tried any beers that are made in this way before, as far as I'm aware. I may well be wrong about that. But um, first of all, I just want to clarify a little something on the subject of maltose. So maltose is uh, makes up the majority of digestible sugars for brewer's yeast uh, in the making of, of wort, and then therefore in the making of beer, wort being the, the process of mashing, which you extract starches from the, the grain, and then they're converted by the enzymes present in, that, in the mash to ter- com- convert into sugars. And as I say, maltose is the dominant one that feeds yeast basically and is therefore converted into ethanol. What we have here is a beer that is made by a yeast strain that was discovered. Um, uh, I think it's Saccharomyces Chevalieri or something along those lines. <laughs> um, and it's the dominant species of yeast that's found in coconut palm wine.
1: Right. Now, okay. obviously,
0: an instant thing that strikes you about that is, obviously, it's coconut palm wine. It's, it's if, well, I mean, coconut is a nut, really, isn't it? Mm. So, you know, obviously, a lot of things feed on fruits. so you think about grapes, and they're, and they're converted into sugars and, and into ethanol, broken down into ethanol, sorry. And then you've got um, something like this. So there is no maltose. It doesn't need to break down maltose. And so this this yeast strain cannot convert maltose sugars into ethanol. So what you have is it will break down other sugars, probably fructose and various other sugars like that, um, and therefore leaves those other sugars behind. So you have a fermentation, so you get fermentation characteristics, but you're left with a bit more mouthfeel, and obviously, it's a simpler process, as far as for probably for cost reasons, not to have a load of extra equipment that does all those other complex processes to allow you to have alcohol-free or low-alcohol beer. So, I can see you pulling some interesting faces here. Um, yes, there's
1: something in the aroma that's
0: really—it's That, that really is like... sort of um, ever so slightly on the high vegetable end, as I'd say, where vegetables are at a slight. On the quiver, just about to go over.
1: Yeah, and that
0: that's c- probably that sort of fermentation again. You know, if a carrot is starting to just turn, it's, yeah, you're it's right. It is.
1: To... It's like fermenting vegetables. Mm,
0: and I think in particular, it is something like carrot or something it, like that. Th- th-
1: th- my th- instinct is not to drink it. It's <laughs> like my body is saying, no, you throw that away. That's bad. But that's something that's gone off.
0: Okay, that's and well, that's interesting.
1: come <sighs> on. I'll brave it. Hold mm. my, pinch my nose. I think it's just that instantly that aroma is a bit. What
0: is interesting about this is that Lovig released these, these beers. One of them is the base beer, this one that we're drinking. Yeah. And the other two.
1: are fruited.
0: Have fruited editions. So we so. have
1: the pineapple and the grapefruit, but we chose not to review those ones for this because we thought it would be more interesting to just discuss Yeah, the And base I think beer. we
0: will drink them and maybe put that on the socials and just, you know, sort of. Yeah, say we'll what do we a separate,
1: like, instagram reviews of those but
0: um now we've got a glass here that really does channel all aroma up into the nose and it was quite i thought it was quite important for trying some of these because yeah so much of what we find with the low alcohol or zero alcohol beers is that there are often some rather mighty fine array of different aromas that you may not enjoy or you might really enjoy them so
1: uh, you're right about the body uh it's
0: yeah, it's you wouldn't, a beer,
1: you, the body of a beer. It mm-hmm. really is. It's not. You don't distinguish that, anything. do you?
0: No, it's, it's interesting how it therefore retains the most body, is the most similar to. When you drink it, I think it's quite pleasant. The one thing that yeah. I'm completely in agreement with you is that I'm not necessarily a mad fan of that aroma. But I guess after a while, you might get used to it. Maybe that is part of the natural fermentation profile of this yeast strain maybe yeah. it's just the way that this particular you know yeast strain has interacted with the the you know the hot matter in there or you know I don't I couldn't possibly say really but um yeah it's i'm starting to get used to it but it still very much reminds me like carrot skins that have been left in a little brown paper bag for a few days that you've forgotten to put in It does have
1: the, a cardboard pa- or like paper bag quality to it mm, as well which would it?
0: normally suggest oxidation but I don't think that is because the color is still bright and obviously with it being a hazier pale beer you'd normally start to see that like you'd see that orange red, browning yeah.
1: like yeah the discoloration coming in
0: Okay so I think we'll move on to the next beer Yes um, and save your little tight nosy <laughs> stout, stout. Let, let it all out. out. So, um, we've talked quite a bit about this brewery already, uh, so big drop. Uh, and the reason that we we don't want to overkill and you know become like personal brand representatives for them. But we well, are. Well, they're not paying
1: us for rep- for representing. No, no, no. <laughs> so. We don't. We don't get
0: paid for any of this, and this all comes <laughs> out of the, the, the personal pocket, as it were, the purse. But um, <clears throat> what we're what we're doing by talking about them is that highlighting again, this is a a British brewery that are the sort of I think they've become the sort of dominant main brewery of zero or non-alcoholic beers. And to highlight the other factor is that they are making styles other than just pale and lager. Yes. So we've got two here that we're going to quickly flash through just because we want to highlight for people who are more craft centric that there are also this, there's this end of the scale. So, first up, you didn't think it was possible, but stout and in particular, milk stout. Milk stout. So, this one is not suitable for vegans. As I've said before, a lot of theirs are vegan and often I think gluten free as well, but this one is. Alcohol free beer at zero point five percent. And yeah, it's a it's a milk stout, so it has the addition of lactose. So let's and have a little bash on that. Yeah. Go on, what were you gonna say? Well Sorry. I was gonna
1: say because normally it does oh no, the lactose is a non fermented fermentable sugar, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. So the characteristics should remain no matter what, whether yeah, you're it at, mend whether that you're developing alcohol or not. And
0: whatever. I think quite a few breweries making l- like low A B V beers anyway, or low alcohol zero alcohol beers actually sometimes on the craftier end of the scale put on you know put in a certain amount of lactose because it leaves you that sugar that sort of mouthful that bit of sweetness that otherwise is lost yeah um but you are obviously limiting your audience with that because a lot of people you know are sort of unable to to drink, you know to consume things with uh you know dairy products in and of course so um so you know that's one that obviously if you're tackling zero alcohol you might also be doing gluten-free and vegan as well and a lot of breweries are turning to you know vegan production anyway yeah because it's pretty straightforward for breweries these days so
1: my instant <coughs> reaction is that's like dark chocolate, really dark chocolate, yep. like 90% dark yeah, chocolate, yeah. With, and really dark roasted um, coffee as mm, well. Yeah, it's
0: nice. So I mean, it smells, it smells really good. It's
1: really appealing. I'm Not instantly getting the milk stout aroma that I'm used to, but... Um, or, no, like, you but know, there's, a little,
0: there's a little creamy sweetness in the back. It's almost yeah. like it's a, it's a lovely espresso with just a splash of cream in it or something. Yeah. So it does sort of just hum through a little bit um as we've said before body is never going to be quite as viscous as you might hope and um <clears throat> but i don't think it lets itself down that you know in in that sense i think it retains a good body um obviously these have come out the fridge and they're probably a little too cold even for it's what you a might want on that, the cold. that like, style to be but i
1: think actually it's a really clever idea to use the addition of lactose because it will force that body back into it where it might have been lost in the processing of out the alcohol and you lose some of that body, using the lactose really helps with that. And also yeah. dark malts, I suppose, is going to give you a bit more of a rich body as well. Yeah,
0: but also comes with it astringency and yeah. you know those roasted characteristics with a bit of ethanol and some residual sugars is in balance and proportion a lot of the time and they still dominate. If you take out those things, the alcohol and the other residual sugars, and they're gone, you're left with something that is basically burnt water in flavour, so mm. poten- potentially. And it doesn't have that. I mean, it no, is. No, it doesn't. It, it's very much a nice, dark, roasty, chocolatey espresso. Um, it's
1: actually really reminiscent of an imperial stout, mm. like a, an imperial milk stout. But without any alcohol. Should, it's I check, really should I check the
0: ABV on it? Yeah, just double right. check
1: the ABV. I think it might be stronger than it. It's lying about its strength. But yeah. No, that is I. That is really impressive. Yeah,
0: it's very nice, that. Really Very that. big fan. So we'll quickly move on to the next one then, which is the Double Strike Sour from Big Drop. Mm. So, sour. How, alcohol-free sour.
1: How would you do that?
0: Um, the same way, I think, as you can do any of those prices. You just make the base beer and then... You're either reverse osmosis, or you're, um, you know, sort of dist, you know doing that process of distillation to some some degree, mm. and that's how you're going to end up with the same thing. But I don't know them. They, I don't know they the individual processes these breweries are using, so I couldn't possibly hazard a guess. Yes. Let's.
1: I let you go in
0: this. Pour this first. out then. So how are we going to find this? Yeah. Now that is interesting. Instantly, it's more overtly sort of bready, with a little toasty sort of note to it as well. Ooh,
1: well, vinegar. There's like a real mm. like cider vinegar quality yeah, to it. Yeah, there
0: is, there is, and that does that does come through straight away. I and mean, I was I was thinking it was going to go more on the lactic end of the scale, so that cleaner sort of mm. lemon zesty sort of aroma. But it is it's more reminiscent of sort of kombucha in the fact that it's <gasps> yeah got that slightly more complex. Sort of honey, malty sort of aroma, and obviously you know kombucha doesn't use that, but um, with that slight acetic uh, touch in there. But it's, I find it's quite satisfying. I don't find that level of acetic unpleasant. Um, acetic, as as Maz says, is you know is cider vinegar, vinegar that sort of thing. Um,
1: yes, it's interesting. Time. It's
0: very sort like mahogany and uh, walnutty. It's it's got a rather interesting aroma it's not what I was expecting at all and now I've snorted it right up uh,
1: (laughs) you've got a little drip on your nose that's delicious Oh, that (laughs) clears the
0: airways
1: (laughs) what's that thing um you can use a saline solution to clear out your sinuses
0: yeah and actually this does have a slight saline lactic sort of quality in the palate which it doesn't really have so much in you know in the aroma and it smells I can't quite nail on what it is it's it's a warmed through something. It might be sort of freshly warmed bread. It has a like, as I say, like hazelnut wood. There's something woody in there. It's quite interesting. So, do you want to just try it out of that glass there? Mm. Otherwise, we're going to have to race through a million and one.
1: Yes, I don't. I don't think I'm as quick as you at continuing. And I don't
0: know whether you are. Ooh, you're no. not the biggest sour head, anyway. Like no, this. I'm
1: not a massive sour head. I have a very low tolerance for it, so I can only have a little bit at a time, and also. It's so the same with kombucha as well. Like I always like the idea of kombucha, and then I get it, and then I'm like, oh, actually,
0: yeah, not well, what I wanted. Some of them so, I think are very good, and I've and I've you're right, it does have a kombucha. Them, so so mm. I also in the re- sort of a very very brief skittish research that I did just to go alongside these, I was trying to look at the figures and see what was saying. And according to Wikipedia, that uh, fountain of all knowledge that everybody loves loves to love and and hates to love as well um <clears throat> uh was that the sort of the craft scale of non-alcoholic beer in particular but the non-alcoholic beer market full stop is expected to double by 2024 so that's you know that's a massive jump and if you think about the fact that we are already seeing you know at least you know a shelf space given over to non-alcoholic beers and generally a lot of people are starting to add them to their own range mm. um, um then it's going to be quite a, quite quite a considerable jump up to...
1: Yeah, well, I think particularly taking into consideration the um, stats that I was sharing at the end of our last episode about um, the drinking habits of uh, Generation Z. um, There is a... Gen Z. Gen Z. um, There's definitely a swing in the younger generation towards um, not drinking or drinking in in far more moderation than our generation. Does absolutely, so. Yeah. Um, it will be. It will be a huge market um coming up, and I, I think it probably will become expected that every brewery of a certain size will have to provide an alcohol-free option in their range.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It, and I think it is. It's, it's manifold reasons. And some people like the taste of alcohol and really sort of in, enjoy enjoy the the qualities of alcohol, but without the side effects of alcohol and obviously anything in moderation is probably okay but you know alcohol like lots of other things in the world can do can do a serious amount of damage to the people so i think some people don't like the effects of alcohol on them there might be other reasons there might be you know reasons of uh, of religion belief or on top of all of that you've obviously got the fact that there's a health conscious element as well so there's so many different reasons and i've probably not even touched on any of them there but for not drinking alcohol that i think you are going to see more There is going to be a much more health-conscious drive as well. Um, But also, as we've said, saying the word drive, you you know, you can't drink and drive. And I think a lot more people are aware that even some people say now, I I won't even have a pint or something if I'm driving. I'll just, you know, go to zero alcohol. So a lot of pubs, and obviously that's if we're hoping, fingers crossed, all the pubs survive. Um, but a lot of, you know, people are going to want to have those options so that they can, you know, drive and, you know, guilt free if they want something, as we said before, that's not really sweet and syrupy and leaves you tired in the mouth and, and yes, caffeined in the brain.
1: Absolutely.
0: Oh, so now on to Van der Striech Playground, non alcoholic IPA, um, which is not what we used to do when we were hanging around in playgrounds as teenagers. <laughs> we were definitely drinking the, the slightly harder stuff.
1: <laughs> yes, although I don't know if any of them were IPAs at that point. I think it was I very much... I don't know, I don't know. Were we not just drinking bitters?
0: Uh, we Whatever drinking, we could get from co-op. All sorts of delicious beverages we that were. we could get <laughs> our hands on. Uh, so this is van der streek, beer van der streek. Uh, probably saying that slightly wrong. My... My Dutch slash Flemish uh, has never been that excellent, even though I lived in Belgium. Um, <clears throat> but this is a brewery from uh, the Netherlands, uh, in fact, from Utrecht in the Netherlands. And I believe it's a 0.5% 0.5% alcohol beer. Um, and this, is, this has won a few relatively reputable awards by the looks of things. And it comes with your classic, shiny, colourful, um, modern craft brewery branding that sort yes. of brings you in oh, you know, the nostalgia type... of sw- Swizzle Sweeties in the in the uh, 90s. It's true, and, yeah, <laughs> <so> it does <laughs> have that. Swizzles or Swiffles, like I can never remember.
1: Does that mean it appeals to children? You know, Ooh,
0: careful now, let's not bring up that subject, that's a big old heady subject. Well
1: no, I'm definitely going to write a, a blog
0: post about that. <sighs> and that packs a pretty decent aromatic punch, doesn't I it? i say
1: this one's a bit more like a tea, like a herbal tea.
0: Yeah, it's got a sweet... <sighs>
1: There is a honey. Yeah,
0: what is it? There's a bit of like a red bush sort of thing about mm, it.
1: There is. And then why? there's also some
0: there's something else. It's a bit like it's not jasmine, it's um earl grey. So there's ah, yes. um I've sorted up a do- <laughs> It's, it's got up my doze again.
1: How does this keep happening? Um, You're not filling the glasses very much. I'm not much. used
0: to drinking out of tiny glasses.
1: <laughs> With a very
0: I've got a big nose and a very small aperture for getting my nose into all. <laughs> uh, So um, yeah the... Um, on the snort, it's delicious.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so do you recommend snorting again? It's yet? clinging
0: to my inside nose beard. <laughs> I have a very hairy nose. It's, that's why my olfactory skills are, are, are pretty decent. That's why you're getting a nose
1: for Christmas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the nose trimmer has been purchased. <clears throat> so yeah, that's got that's got a nice mm. sort of marmalade sweetness. Oh yeah. Instantaneously, with a yeah, that's 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 pretty good.
1: It's 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 sweeter than some of the other ones we've mm. just been trying, but uh, but the body is really pleasant yeah. and it's not uh, too thin nope. and it's not leaving any kind of bitterness from hop characters. No, no, absolutely.
0: I and mean, I'm I was sort of oils. searching for though for what I'm now starting to find of those non-alcohol, zero alcohol sort of flavors, and I just get it. But it's that almost watery. It's like. Bread that you've put into water and then you sort of have little bits of that soggy bread. And that, and that sounds disgusting. That sounds but it's like, gross.
1: That's, that's not like, a very good advert. If you've ever done it, white
0: bread as a child. You put white bread in your mouth and you have a glass of water and you swill it around and it's all Ugh, nasty. And it why are you teeth. describing that? as gross. But that's part of what you sometimes get is that sort of lovely water profile. Wet
1: white bread.
0: Wet white bread. Wet white bread. So wet white bread.
1: But I I but no. don't know if I get that.
0: Mm. I say I was looking for. Oh, you were looking for looking it, for it and you and can't it, find I it. I just found it, but it that's really quite subtle. It's it's masked very nice. And when I say masked, it's not like a, it's an unpleasant thing, but this, this one got... has a lot more in common with with beer.
1: This beer one beer, beer, has alcohol. a lot more character mm. throughout in the nose, at the beginning, at the end.
0: That's pretty impressive. It's
1: really it's a, and it's not just one dimensional. It's not just hop. Character. It's not just more character. It really is very well blended together. The, fu- the
0: funny thing that I found that I'm getting from it is at the very sort of middle, middle of it of the sort of profile is either uh, uh, dairy milk. You know what's it called? The the milky, milky, bar? milky bar kid or like Caramac, maybe somewhere in between. Ah, those yeah, two. Caramac. Um, the da- uh, the dairy milk bar kiddie person. Uh, <laughs> the
1: the milky dairy bar milk kid.
0: child. <laughs> the milky bar kid. Um, so there's there's that right in the middle for me and I find that really interesting and now I can smell it you know I've picking that up in the aroma as well particularly mm. sort of more on the caramac end of that oh
1: that's is, really
0: nice there's a little carob as well a little carob bite about it as well it's quite this... sweet but not you don't think I'll find it intoxicatingly sweet it doesn't develop into something that's a bit jading for the palate or you know like <gasps> a bit top-notch. sickly yeah I'm really impressed with that it's really nice so again, that's, you know, it's another, that sort of offering, it's, you know, it's um it's a big fruity sort of IPA, but mm-hmm. I say a big fruity IPA, it ain't big, it's 0.5.
1: Mm. Yes, it's interesting the choice to call it an IPA versus the choice to call it a parallel, considering well, yeah, that what's there's what's... no alcohol
0: And that's what I was struggling with when we were talking last week, I was going, yeah. this one's uh, an IPA, so how strong is, oh yeah, of course. You know, I'm expecting them all must be like, that's 0.5, because it's, it's. Pale Ale and this one's 1% because yeah. no, that's not the case at all they're all sticking around that rough sort of 0.5% alcohol range so we better move on to the last beer and just give a little bit of a, a conclusion as to our findings with these delicious air, um, so let's crack on to the first chop yes yes Stop. yes mm. so what we have here is a, another low alcohol beer surprise surprise
1: mm-hmm
0: and this one's called an Anytime IPA. Um, now I probably would still not choose to start my day with a, an IPA, so anytime it may well be, but not for not for me. I don't I don't I don't drink zero alcohol percent beer in the morning, and nor do I drink alcoholic beer in the morning. But having said that, we have a beer that is first of all certified gluten-free as well. And vegan so this ticks three boxes straight away for people that you know are looking at those dietary requirements um and you know obviously looking for potential health reasons in their life so this is first chop yes from i think they're in manchester yep they are manchester um brewery that i think we've all experienced a bit of over the years i think they first got down into into our neck of the woods down here in bristol about sort of eight years ago maybe something Mm, like that yeah probably Well then. Um, So, we'll crack into this one. Ooh!
1: Mm. (laughs) You poured that one rather vigorously.
0: Well, that one's energetic.
1: Yeah. That's that's impressive. Uh, Head retention for a... uh,
0: Yes, it is indeed.
1: Anything without alcohol.
0: Um, Yeah. Maybe not my favourite straight away. Um, And I want to be able to say lovely things, but... It's slightly um, cooking apples on uh, those. Ah, okay. Slightly sharp, maybe almost uh, so that acetic acid y sort of, um, you know, but again, that sort of cooking apple acid aroma that you get. Mm. Unmistakable. I'll give you a smell there. Ever so slightly sulfury, maybe slightly, f- I've, I want to say farty, but. That's not necessarily a bad thing, as I'll say, because if you drink good quality scrumpy cider, yeah, cider, that is this smells quite a lot like that. That doesn't sound like a hell of a positive thing to say, but if I'm talking about the positive straight away, it's got a nice, um, sort of sherbet fountain sort of uh flavour in there, um, without the licorice. Um, that's right, isn't it? Sherbet fountains with the li- or was that Dib Dabs? She-
1: oh, yeah, you, the sherbet fountains were but, the ones which were like the. Sh- the- the li- it did have a licorice, like yeah. So stick. just
0: throw away the licorice stick, which most people did anyway. I like licorice, but oh, you know, there's did. no accounting for no, taste. No, it
1: was all about the dib dab.
0: It's quite, quite easy going. It's quite, you know, it's not too sweet. It's very light and effervescent, um, and not massively bitter either. Um, and it's, I think that would be very, very sessionable. For me, the argument I'd have on it is whether people can get past a nose. Now, I think that's often the case. A lot of people, you'll say the same. Like if they smell a cider that's a bit more sulfury, it's not for them. They can't get past that. Um, and to some degree, I'd, I'd probably concur with I, I'm less, I less enjoy sulphur in my, my beer, particularly if it's pale and, you know, light mm. and um, I find it can dominate very quickly. But sulphur is often a really important compound in sort of flavour and aroma profile of various different beers. So it's not to say that it shouldn't be there. But um, I think, yeah, for me, that's a a very polarizing aroma to have on a beer and, you know, to see what you're doing. But, uh, you know, to go through it again, you know, we've got several beers that we've tackled here today. Seven, I think. We did six the other day. Um, And I just want to plug, there's obviously various different websites that you can go to to find out these things. And I found a really helpful one called thewisebartender.co.uk. And they highlight, first of all, the beer they've got a nice useful picture they'll tell you about it obviously you know it's alcohol content and and they're very focused on sort of you know telling you what uh, those beers have that are spe- unique and special about them so you know obviously this one gluten-free vegan and it's 0.5 percent alcohol beer so this um so no, it's a it is a website geared towards the choice for free, you know, alcohol-free beers. Oh, so that's a really nice one, and I just want to plug those guys because it's a really g- good website, well laid out. You can order your beers on there, but also you can find out any of the information you want, and it explains things because it's, like I found, I've heard, a lo- overheard a lot of people being confused with, like, the gluten-free thing, and they'll say, it says all those ingredients, and surely they've all got gluten in. And so this site will explain those things, how that beer is, uh, is, is vegan mm. or how... You know gluten-free works you know yeah. how 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 is that beer, how that gluten-free.
1: process works
0: so yeah it's a really good site for that and breaks everything down really really handy dandy very easy to you know to look at and again apparently they're very good with communication so if you email them with any inquiries so really really good to have that as another point of access into the market that otherwise has been relatively difficult until recently so yeah in in summation Yes. I think I've talked a hell of a lot. I feel like i steamrolled through everything. <laughs>
1: no, well... It's, like, it's can... like I've got an
0: important date to go to or We, were,
1: we were very um, keen to try as many of them as we could, as many of the ones we'd bought as we mm. could. And I, I think we've, we've done a sterling effort in tasting, tasting all of those. Um, I think that what we can conclude is that it's not just lager or pale ale alcohol free versions we you can basically whatever your personal favorite style of beer yep. is you should be able to find an alcohol free version of that
0: Yep. you know it's, we we've done today vice beer amber ale ipas two times over three times over
1: milk stout, milk, stout sour. sour it's it, it really is like it's grown so much in the past few years and it's only going to get bigger so if it is something that interests you or particularly like i don't know on the run up to christmas or Post Christmas, maybe for those of you that like to have a January off the booze.
0: A shiny Christmas. A
1: shiny Christmas
0: and a dry <laughs> January.
1: Um, for you guys, that might be the might be great options. Some of those might be great options for you. Um, personal personal preferences. Ooh, yeah.
0: Go on. What have we got to say about this one?
1: I think my favourite has been the Vanderstreek.
0: Yeah, I mean I was I was really impressed with that I, I enjoyed the zero five for its mm-hmm. sort of zippy crisp uh, characteristics um I was really impressed with the milk stout I thought that was really really nice
1: yeah the milk um, stout would have been my se- would be my second I think um, it was a
0: really nice option to be able to have a beer yeah. like that because uh, we didn't talk about this at all but you might may well have seen several weeks ago and um, probably a month ago even now Guinness obviously went ahead and released their. Zero alcohol. Yes,
1: of course beer. they did. Now we
0: talked about there's potential, you know, foibles and flaws in all of these processes, and you know, some of them through heating up, they changes the way that compounds taste. Um, and obviously Guinness came across a problem and recalled all of that product. Yeah. And I think that was due to effectively some mold being introduced at some point ah. in the process. Now, obviously, zero alcohol beer, you do not have the protective.
1: The alcohol, factor of yeah.
0: the of the alcohol so there are other potential little issues that come in but basically as a, like they, these these that problem say there would have been I'm sure would have potentially been you know would have not been toxic but you don't release a beer that's got mold in it and uh, no, I'm sure you, it wouldn't have made anybody and in, certainly a good idea on their part to
1: record but it, yeah but.
0: you know so that that one will come out as well and that's a obviously a big brewery and so it's just it's interesting to see how many people are gearing that gearing up for it and just that massive range of really interesting styles so it ticks lots of boxes and as I say if you look at those types of sites and a lot of the cans because they've already gone to that particular place in the market they're really well labeled as to you know what what they are and what they aren't so they will tell you if they're vegan and gluten-free etc etc so crack really really cracking stuff to try very interesting to try some of those
1: yeah um I'm looking forward to getting back on the booze
0: in future episodes, though. Um, She's scared of being sober, everyone. How
1: dare you? I can be sober. I'm sober as a judge. If you're interested in alcohol-free beer, go to your local bottle shop. We'll keep saying this. We're going to keep shouting about it. Go to your local bottle shop. Absolutely. Look at their shelves. If they haven't got any, ask them. They'll be interested to know that they'll have a market to sell zero alcohol to, and particularly with Dry January coming up and a lot of places, a lot of people are going to want to make sure they make as much money as possible
0: going forward crack on good stuff
1: excellent so uh, yeah subscribe to the blog follow us on the social medias rate, review, subscribe thank you for listening yeah and get out
0: went Scottish this week
1: oh god